Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Nave, and I'm here with my call partner, Philip. Each pod we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, listener, if this game's a crim to crim co-op or something better off playing solo. Cooperative, Philip. Cooperative what? experiences. Yeah, How are is you that doing? not what I put? No, yeah. it is It is what you put, but okay. we're not playing a cooperative game today, are we? Uh, not right now, and that is a uh, little point of controversy with all the fanboys. Uh, the the fanboys of gaming together, yes. Oh well, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, they're up in arms. You should see the Discord. Anyways, we have a uh, special guest today, <laughs> Philip. You want to introduce yeah. him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a person I'm actually not that familiar with, but you were able to find him <laughs> and get him on the show. I would like to introduce a good friend of mine, Eric from the Side Questing Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? A good friend you don't actually know that well. So yeah, <laughs> I was just camping outside your house. I was just camping outside your house, and you're like, "Hey, do you just want to be on the show?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like this beats whatever I'm doing out here. <laughs> if you don't so. grimace at him immediately, he, you're already a higher status of friend than I am to him. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate uh, you know able to clear my schedule and come on last minute. It's all good. So why don't you uh, give us like a little rundown of the side questing podcast? Give us the elevator pitch. Right at the man, it, that's a I struggle to do that myself sometimes. Uh, it's uh, a podcast that myself and my co-host Tom started uh, last year, coming up on our one-year anniversary, just to kind of talk about games and things that we love, and uh, just kind of as an excuse to keep in touch during the pandemic. And just kind of one thing led to another. We've been doing it kind of ever since on just whatever topics we kind of feel like talking about. It's varies from week to week. We're talking about general news. We talk about important topics in the industry. Uh, just kind of general broad topics about RPGs and stuff like that. So yeah, just from week to week, you never really know what you're going to get because I literally planned the episode the night before. So <laughs> just kind of sounds like uh, this episode and maybe even <laughs> the last episode of ours. Yeah, it's yeah. weird how that works. <laughs> All right, Philip, you wrote something in the in the in the notes there, and you highlighted it in poop brown. So <laughs> I why don't you hit us off with that. Okay, since you're familiar with our show. Uh, we have a question we ask our first-time guest, and it's a co-op question of a notable co-op memory or just like a time you were playing games with the boys that you'd like to share. Man, really too many to count. My gaming history has kind of been defined by co-op. I have really kind of started in high school, and that's kind of the time where Halo 3 and you know Modern Warfare originally came out. And I had a pretty dedicated group of friends that we would log on pretty much every night after school and just you know go into matchmaking and just play multiplayer. Uh, Gears of War played a lot of Horde with the boys as well. Uh, and then same thing going into college is kind of the whole after everyone's homework was done, we were, you know, playing zombies or online matchmaking in Halo or Call of Duty and stuff like that. Uh, and then when Destiny came out, that was kind of my kryptonite. Me and the boys put probably four or five hundred hours in original D in Destiny D1 of uh, doing the raids every single week. And um, that, you know, really co-op's kind of been the lifeblood of my gaming history for the past 10, 15 years or so since I've, you know, been in high school. Um, and that's really how I met my fiance too. When I met, I originally started dating my fiance. She, uh, the second or third date, she's like, Oh, I play overwatch. And so we proceeded to, for probably a month straight, like just play overwatch every single night that, you know, we were outside her house. So, and now we're getting married. So I guess it worked out kind of my co-op gaming history kind of led to me finding somebody that I'm happy with. So, Funny now your works. life is a co-op game <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it really it really is it's uh, a co-op game on probably the hardest difficulty so 
I have been bugging you. One could say harassing you to get on the podcast for the past like two or three weeks. And so I've been like really impeding your wedding plans. I feel like I felt bad because I know the, the last time you wanted me to come on, I was just like, oh, I can't do it at such short notice. But this just kind of worked out. And I was like, you guys are like, oh, we're starting at five. I'm like, oh, I could leave work like a half hour early. That's not that important. Yeah, so. don't tell the boss. It's OK. <laughs> I was like, I have- see you in the parking lot and be like, I got a podcast to be on. I have something really important to do and just looked at him super seriously. And he's like, you're not <laughs> getting another job, are you? I said, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do we talk about my paycheck? <laughs> oh, yes, that will be a conversation that needs to happen for sure. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while. In the very first episode I listened to at the very beginning, like I feel like our podcasts are about the same age. And right at the very beginning, you started talking about your experiences podcasting like in this little group that you found yourself in that I've kind mm-hmm. of also kind of shoved my way into uh, very aggressively. And I, what I wrote in there is uh, I said, me and Eric, which is you have an eerily similar experience and mentality about our podcasting experiences and mindsets. It felt a little bit like an out of body experience listening to your <laughs> intro. And that was for episode 31 on PlayStation, PlayStation shown what Nintendo's which is also a fucking pretty awesome what a title. title. We Terrible are we are big fans of titles. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of strange that we we have kind of all crossed paths in that similar kind of sphere of of gaming podcasters, which I didn't really expect. I just kind of expected to like put episodes out and maybe get like two to three listens here or there. Uh, and then I owe a lot to my my good friend Keith from the Main Quest podcast. He kind of was the first one who just like messaged me. He's like, Hey, I listened to your stuff. I really liked it. And I'm like, how can you like my stuff? It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's so awful. And, uh, kind of, he dragged me into this whole circle of, of, of people. Um, you know, the, the play along podcast guys and quit the build and all these other guys that I've met. I know you probably know some of them, right? Uh, yes, yes, we do. Yes. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's been kind of, kind of crazy just to have all these kind of people that intersect and have met so many people that I never would have expected to is, you know, my mom always told me that strangers on the internet would come and to my house and kill me, but that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So <laughs> a lot of Canadians we've, found, yeah, we've come to realize. So weird. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, really is. Uh, I know our good friends at the GameCube is cool podcast. They're, they're up in Canada. Uh, and some of the secret levels guys are too. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of Canadians representing, uh, especially the more retro side of gaming for sure. Mm. One thing that I'm nervous about, not like nervous, but like, I want to get as many guests as I possibly can. Like, I think this is the funnest part is meeting new people and just bouncing ideas off of each other. Oh but yeah. A lot of the podcasts I've, I've, I've been listening to are like in the UK or in like Australia. And I'm like, Oh, how oh, is this no. going to work? This oh yeah. Is very scary. Yeah. And that's been one of the most difficult parts about my show as well is that I've, I've really wanted to have more people on, but at any given weekend, my fiance is like, Hey, we're doing wedding stuff. So it really makes it impossible for me to plan to have guests on and then be like, Hey, five hours before, Hey, I'm canceling your appearance. Sorry. That, that really <laughs> yeah. sucks. Um, but hopefully next year, once things have calmed down a little bit, yeah, definitely like definitely going to want to have you guys on and a bunch of other people, but that's definitely the coolest aspect is meeting people, uh, that share the same likes as you and, maybe dislikes or having debates about games and stuff, but it's all been relatively civil despite the, all the garbage you see on Twitter and on the internet these days. Yeah. Twitter would have you believe that this is a horrible, horrible hobby to have, but I have had nothing but positive experiences so far. I mean, on Twitter it's, it's a mixed bag, but like as far as in person as in person as we can get during these times, if you want to be a gamer, you have to hate video games and hate other people that like video games. So that's what I've learned. So (laughs) yeah, video games aren't fun. And every game all. series, like your favorite game series, anything they do, you hate it. 
and they're ruining Absolutely. the series for you. Absolutely. Speaking of ruining the series, Nave, I see the first game you have listed. What? You took my segue. <laughs> I was uh. exact same words and everything. That's what I was Amazing. Doing. Guard, uh, I mean, Grand Theft Auto 3. Yep. Ooh, I almost what? screwed up my own game. Uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 3, the definitive edition. I bought like the, the triple pack. So like San Andreas came out on Game Pass and then PlayStation Plus got Grand Theft Auto 3. But I want to play them chronologically. And my God. The games are very questionable. Like I, I'm very. It's the very first scene you get, like the cutscene in Grand Theft Auto Three, where you're in the back of the police truck and it's raining, and you're on the bridge, and someone shows up with the bomb made of Pringles cans and throws it <laughs> on the bridge. The rain is like a is like an effect, like an Instagram filter over the oh game, and it is impossible to see anything. I don't know if this has been patched. <laughs> I played it on day one. But I literally could not see what was happening on the screen. I was just closing my eyes and remembering what the cutscene look used to look like. And I was like, if the rain makes the game look like this, I'm this is unplayable. But as soon as the cutscene was over, I could see it, the rain was just the normal rain effect again. I was like, oh, that oh, was no. like it really was like an like a not a not a current day Instagram filter either. I'm talking about like a six years ago Instagram filter where it was like. Pup, the puppy ears that are like yeah. ones on your ones yeah. on your forehead and ones on your eyeball. It was like that. Like someone just literally ran out in the rain and was just filming with their camera. <laughs> yeah, but um, the game itself is is pretty fun still. I mean, if you liked Grand Theft Auto Three, then you're probably gonna like this one too. I wouldn't pay sixty bucks for the whole thing. I kind of feel a little bad that I did that, but it's sixty bucks for three games. If that makes you feel any better. In my Facebook feed, I've just been like I'm in so many like Pokemon groups, and so there's so many like remember what they took from you, and they're showing like the much better looking <laughs> models from Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu compared to <laughs> Sword and Shield, and then finally, um, which is like a mid tier. People are generally like, eh, you know, there's more Pokemon. They had to slim down the animations and the artwork, so that's why you know it doesn't look that good. I guess giving them some slack, and then they're looking at Pokemon Pearl and Diamond with their um, less than quality like like you know sprite work not sprite work like model work compared to let's go pikachu where everything has like fully animated eyes and everything like has individual movements and now i just see a flood of like games then and it shows like the old version of the grand theft autos and it's like the remake and it looks it looks worse than gary's mod like just like those like fan-made models you know yeah, they're definitely it's like it's like higher detail uh, skins like stretched over. Yeah, that's like, exactly terrifying. It looks like they completely messed up the UVs or something. I, I think the joke that I've been seeing uh, going around on Twitter a lot, it's like when you're working with graphics and someone just applied the smoothing filter to everything. So everything's just like, oh, no. like really uncomfortably smooth for some reason. <laughs> One really strange thing also is that like the, the proportions are constant or are, are like constantly going in and out of like it's like you're in like a fever dream watching some of the cutscenes and it's like i wonder it because sometimes their hands will be like enormous and their fingernails will be in the wrong place oh like God. if it it seems like they designed the cutscene with the camera angle in mind with the model that they had and then they were like this this is like the proportions we wanted it so we want it to look like this but when they stretched the new skin like a texas chainsaw massacre of game editing <laughs> over the old model it just did not it was not one to one, you know what I mean? Yeah, Something definitely really not. Something really strange happened. 
like God. you can see you can see in San Andreas, what's his name? Uh the guy that's supposed to look like Easy E and he's like on the bike and he's like uh, uh he's CJ? got like gorilla arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's happening? I think <laughs> that guy CT, that you can like you can like look back at yourself on the bike and his you can like see his face it's like stretched across like the entire screen. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> There's the guy that I swear, like everyone, everyone was posting pictures on the first day of this one uh, Groove Street gang member who is a tiny head and like a huge neck and then a really wide body. And he looks exactly like Big Chungus, and I'm oh, like, no. I'm bringing Big Chungus back. Like, Amazing. This is what this is what this is. But yeah, I mean, it's very funny. If so, there there's there's certain subsects of the gaming community that when they see a graphical glitch, a fi- a burning passion appears in their heart and they must become furious with the game developers i'm kind of in that group where i see something funny i take a screenshot and then you know i might may or may not send it to someone but i'm like that was funny and i continue right doesn't ruin your life uh this grand theft auto thing if you uh, if you get upset at graphical bugs if that takes you out of the experience then uh maybe wait for a little while i don't even know if this is going to be patched honestly because rockstar is like i think their houses are made of diamond pickaxes and diamond armor and shit <laughs> from minecraft but um i'm so rich i don't think they care well you know nate have you seen the controversy with the switch ports of nintendo 64 games which ones okay the big one is ocarina of time uh there's a, apparently a like it's like puddle gate for um What's it called oh, for Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, I've seen Battlegate. Yeah, it's or... the water and the mirror area when the mirror match where you fight Dark yeah. Link. Mm-hmm. So they're like, this is supposed to be a chance for you know a whole new generation to replay these, you know, legally replay these Nintendo 64 games on their Switches. But whatever emulation software they have set up just does not handle some shaders well or some of the emulation process is just messed up because of course these aren't remakes. This is them just like forcing the ROM into their own emulation software to run on the Switch. And there's so many side-by-side shots going up on just like Facebook and everything where it's like, look what they took from us. And you remember like the water temple where it's like fighting Shadow Link and it's like there's just a texture that's stretched all the way across the water and there's like no ripples anymore (laughs) and there's like no ambient fog like there is in the 64 version. I say ambient fog when really it's just like that weird blur effect that was in Silent Hill 1. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a shame because, yeah, Nintendo just kind of like smashed together like some like basic emulation when the emulation in the community already existed was already really good. And they've been so notorious about going after people for emulating their games and pretty much suing them into oblivion. And then just to pull something like that, it's just that that's that's mostly where people were upset at. (laughs) Do you guys see this like weird effect? This is a non sequitur, but like my shirt has stars on it. It's yes. a twin breaker shirt, but yeah. like you can, it looks like they're twinkling as I'm moving. Like, do you see that? Yeah, or is that just I me? see it. No, that's it. Is that supposed to do that? It's, You're very no, sparkly. it's not. It's not at you, all. I think it's just the, the camera. I mean, I think it's just the video quality from discord is not good. All right. So if we want to talk about a game that isn't ugly, uh, Eric, how's guardians of the galaxy? Uh, I was, I gotta say, I was honestly surprised. Uh, I saw this game like at E3 for, the first time I think like everybody did. I, I was just not, I was not on board with it. I was kind of like, I don't know about this. Square doesn't really have any more goodwill with me because of the crap they pull with Avengers. And I'm just kind of fatigued with Marvel at this point. It's just, everything's been Marvel yeah. for, for so long. It's, 
Uh, it's ridiculous. But I got to say, my fiance picked up the game because she's a big fan of Groot. And she's like, I brought this home. You have to play it. And I'm like, OK, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll play it. Uh, ended up actually pr- really enjoying it. It was surprisingly, like I said, surprisingly enjoyable. I It's not difficult. The combat's not overly complicated. But this place where this game shines is that the story and the characters are really well written. There's never a moment where the Guardians aren't interacting with each other. It's constant banner back and forth. And you, as controlling Star-Lord, have the opportunity, like these branching dialogue trees, to either side with a Guardian, one Guardian over another if they're bickering, or, you know, like motivate your team or, like, like insult them. And <laughs> the decisions yeah. that you make can, like, affect the story a little bit. Like, if you say something against Rocket, it'll show up in the corner, like, oh, Rocket will remember that, or Rocket remembers that you sided with him, and just kind of affects Rocket's overall disposition throughout the game. And it was just really cool, like how well that was written. And this game has a lot of also really deep themes about loss and the family that you find along the way and losing family members and, you know, finding your purpose. And it's just it was really shocking how like much I connected with. it. I just thought it was going to be like a, you know, another triple A superhero game, but it ended up being surprisingly enjoyable. So um, it looked pretty good, too. It was a little janky. Sometimes you sometimes catch the Guardians like teleporting into position all over the place, especially when you're commanding them. Like if you want Gamora to like do like a move, you command her and she'll like warp from like right next to you to like on top of a pillar to like go get a guy. It's it's a little jarring, <laughs> but uh, overall yeah. pretty enjoyable. Like the, the game looks relatively good and the characters were really awesome. So I don't know. Definitely. I wouldn't pick it up for. I wouldn't pick it up for 60 for most people. Um, but if you could snag it for like 30 bucks, I think it's definitely worth a playthrough. And it's like 15, 15 to 20 hours to fully experience most of it. I went on like a hardcore rant. Was it three or four episodes ago? It was during, it was the one after. It was Saintro. The place. No, it was, it was Saintro. It yeah, was the Saint-Tro episode before. after the PlayStation thing where the Wolverine was announced. Oh, yes. There was a whole tirade on Twitter about, a whole bunch of people like begging Microsoft for a Marvel game. And I'm just like, can we just get like a, a there's enough Marvel. Like there's like oh, 18 yeah. movies every year. And I was like, I would, I, I'd made this, I made the claim that I would rather pay $60 for an empty plastic case than play a Marvel game. <laughs> now it might, I'm, I might sound like a hypocrite, but I've seen so much good about this guardians of the galaxy game, specifically from people who, I have very close like game preference like alignment with that I'm actually p- considering picking this game up and playing it uh even at 60 like I I'm going to wait for a while because I'm playing Halo and I'm playing Yakuza and stuff mm-hmm. but um once I start to get fatigued from all of that then I'm I'm definitely considering Guardians is pretty high up on my list like uh, is speaking of Twin Breaker earlier, uh, Chris Chris Reagan was one of the guys. He he was I think he specifically is also very anti Marvel right now. Not that Marvel did anything wrong. It's just that we are oversaturated with Marvel stuff. Like any, it, it's almost bled into all superhero stuff for me. Like even DC and like indie kinds of superhero stuff. I'm just I see a superhero looking character and I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. But he was like even without the context of it being a Marvel game. Like, just forget that it's Marvel. You know, forget that it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Forget all of that. Just, the game itself is fun. The characters themselves are funny. And they, and, and, the, and he's, I think he said that even though they're bantering all the time, he never exactly felt like he was getting uh, bombarded. You know what I mean? 
like he it like at first seemed like he would feel fatigued from all of the banter but then he never really felt that as he played is that how do you feel about that yeah that was pretty much exactly the way it was it it didn't feel like it'd be really easy to write a game like that and have all the dialogue kind of feel forced but the way it was written and the way the voice actors delivered it yeah it just felt like casual like progression of conversation and that was one of the big strengths too, probably maybe the only strength of a, a game that I found myself comparing it to, which was Final Fantasy 15. And that game's core strength is the the four main characters and the way that their banter and their, you know, the way they interact with each other is so effortless. And it creates, you know, a believable story that these characters are interacting together. And yeah, you kind of, I did kind of forget for a while that it, it's not a Marvel game, that this is, it kind of just felt like its own kind of standalone game. And obviously, if you look close enough, if you read all the collectibles and all, all this stuff, um, they do allude to things that happen in the Marvel universe. They do allude to different characters. Like that stuff's in there as like little teasers to remind you, hey, like this is still a Marvel game, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it, which is, that's very, very refreshing. So um, yeah, I've, I, think especially with how kind of up and down this year has been with games with COVID and everything i this is one of the better games that's come out this year and uh, throughout the whole thing too i was trying to figure out if i was like genuinely enjoying this because like it was really good or that avengers just set, set such a low bar for these kind of <laughs> games that i it was just like all i had to do was just clear a basic hurdle and it would be fine but oh, generally pretty enjoyable game i would recommend playing it your description makes it sound like I don't know, like comedy Mass Effect or something or like cartoony Mass Effect. Almost. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, too, a big turnoff would be that you're only able to play a Star-Lord, but it it works. It They found a way to make it work. So it kind of makes me think of uh, the things that are coming to my mind are Yakuza Like a Dragon and mm-hmm. uh, whoa, surprise. I, I'm thinking about Yakuza whoa. now, but um, <laughs> also Tales of Arise and most Tales games, for that matter, have a lot of uh, banter between the characters. Like mm-hmm. in Tales, it's usually in skits, but in this newer game, I haven't played a lot of the newer Tales games. But in this newer game, specifically Tales of Arise, uh, there's a lot of conversation happening outside of combat and outside of the skits as well as you're walking around exploring the maps. And so, which is exactly why, because at first I was playing in Japanese and I was like, whoa, if they're going to be talking and shits and the words are going to be on the side of the screen, I I can't, I'm going to have to have it in English so that I can, Mm. I don't have to stop and listen every single time (laughs) because I already have to do that for the skits anyways. So I switched it over to English, which the English voice acting is very good anyways. So, right. But I forgot where I was going with that. Something about banter. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, I see on your list you also have Control listed there. We're talking about a game that is not a massive franchise. Right. So, yeah, I actually, um, my co-host Tom was giving away, he had a code for this game for free in his Discord, and I snagged it immediately. I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I need to have this. Um, I missed this game. and missed it's uh, the game that's like in the same universe that happened earlier, Alan Wake. And uh, Whoa, they're in the same universe? I, yeah, they I are. Think, yeah, they are. So that has, me, that has me extremely interested in the Alan Wake remake now because to see how that kind of all ties in. But, uh, man, this game is a complete uh, mindfuck, for lack of a better word. It's, it, you know, you start off as this character, Jesse. You go into the Federal Bureau of Control, and then you end up, you walk in, you meet the janitor, then all of a sudden, like, you're the director, and you have everybody, like, responding to you as the director. And the game is just, you're trying to figure out, like, what's going on. There's a bunch of, like, weird paranormal activity, you know, this federal bureau of control building is like linked to like the afterlife somehow and you're looking for your brother who the the bureau 
took from you like 10 years ago. You're trying to finally hunt him down and uh, not to give like too many spoilers, but the game's just, it's awesome. The gunplay is really great. It's super challenging. All the different kind of like paranormal abilities you get. And the game does a really good job of like telling you stuff in like little increments, but not too much to kind of keep you guessing as to what's going on. And this game by far too is one of my favorite uses of collectibles in any game. Whereas mm-hmm. like collectibles are mostly like thrown in games to pad them and kind of like, oh, go back and collect 100% of things. And, you know, it just keeps you playing the game more. But these collectibles are like redacted documents, classified files as like what's going on in this place and different characters throughout this universe that they've brought in and are experimenting on and just kind of gives you a little more cookie crumbs like what's actually happening in the story. So um, I can't believe I missed this one. I'm upset I did. I think it was 2018 when this came out and it's... Yeah, I, if you can pick this one up too, I would highly recommend this one as well. Have you? I think it's on Game Pass. It is uh, just a pin. Um, uh, have you ever like experienced SCP or any of that stuff on the internet? I don't think I have. No. SC or do you know what I'm talking about, Philip? Am I? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Little sad, lonely boy, and all that stuff. Like there's no, like a, there, are we talking? No, about? it's shy guy. That's it. There's like a a guy that won't like the number not number one, but one of like the biggest SCPs is like the little round boy with like big head. Okay, and yeah, you, you, you can look at him, and if you look at him, he'll just like not move because he's scared or shy or whatever. But the second you turn away or like don't make eye contact and you're in the same room as him, he'll just run over and murder you. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> basically that guy is uh you have to always maintain eye contact with them so they have them in a cell okay so scp let's we're overarching scp is like this like uh it's a writing experiment like an online something other yeah secure contain protect that's what that's scp it. stands for it's like a, it's basically the uh the organization in control that's exactly that's what it is but i think i think control actually the the people over at uh remedy it's remedy right that made that game i think so mm-hmm. Look up real quick. Oops. It let's just say it is. Uh, <laughs> but uh oh you can look it up, that's fine. Um it's basically that organization, you know what I mean? That's yeah, it, that is, it's that like is a everybody. it's a it's a big writing experiment thing, like a like a big web forum, and it's kind of like a wiki of a bunch of different like spooky stories. So like the one he's talking about, it's like they it's like they have it in this prison cell that has see-through windows and someone always has to make it maintain eye contact and if if there's no eye contact it can teleport and so uh, but as long as you're looking at it it won't move and so you uh they have they have to go in and clean its cell we might have to edit all this out cuz this is so not but when they clean its cell it's like full of like blood and shit and they have to bring like six people in and they have to be like i'm blinking in 3 2 1 and then make sure no one else blinks so that because mm-hmm. it'll instantly it what it does it teleports behind someone and breaks their neck like that meme what is it that with <laughs> teleports behind you oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's exactly what that guy does but it's a whole bunch of them there's one that is a uh there's an scp that is a uh vending machine a japanese vending machine but it's all random what you get and it's like alien it, it will give you like alien food or food from different dimensions and some things it gives you will kill you and some things it'll turn people into like crazy monsters like super saiyans or something it's fucking really cool but it like all of it's like redacted also it's really cool so like you'll be reading it like this it'll be like on this day redacted and then it's like no longer allowed to do this redacted it's like it's just a big writing experiment for a bunch of nerds. But um, there are some pretty cool YouTube videos talking about those. 
well, not just YouTube videos, but since it's all open source and the general consensus is anything you write for the SCP is for use. So there's like 30 different, just on Steam, SCP video games where that's cool. like sometimes they look kind of jank like Gary's mod. But other ones are like super detailed where there's like asymmetric team play where there's like a team of scientists. There's a team of uh, control, like I don't know what they're called, like SWAT members pretty much. And there's a team of SCPs. And like the SCP is just, he has to basically kill all the scientists to win. The scientists need to get their documents and escape from the facility. And the patrolmen, or not the patrolmen, the, the control, like control SWAT guys have to get in and evacuate like the head scientist. And it's funny because like the scientists have the key cards to unlock the doors and they can only get like so far without the scientist. And once one of the scientists dies, then the next guy is promoted to head scientist. It's just like silly <laughs> stuff like that. And there's like all these right. like, I watched so many different like YouTubers that have like played this game and it's just so funny. Yeah. I say, there's elements of that. Like I think in control, especially speaking to like the, you have to stare at the thing at all times. One of my favorite moments that I come across in that game is you come across a guy who's locked in a cell, like controls all about like these objects of power that are like infested with like paranormal, like energy or whatever. And so one of the cells you come across is a guy and he's sitting in there and he's staring at a refrigerator. And so you call him on the, the intercom and he's like, someone was going to come relieve me. It's like somebody has to look at this refrigerator at all times or bad things will happen. And so it's <laughs> in that God. sort of vein. And so you're like, oh, OK, like I'm doing my thing right now, but I'll come back and help you. And like you come back to help him. And like, sure enough, like he blinks and the refrigerator, like fucking kills him. <laughs> and then you, ha you have to like fight. <laughs> The, okay. One of the boss fights is like a refrigerator, and I won't spoil that one because it's kind of a twist with it. But yeah, in, the, in that same vein, it's like crazy stuff like that that happens. <laughs> if you feel like that's too much, just feel feel free to liberally use the bleeps, Philip. Um, I, I apologize. I, I can tone it down no, a little bit. <laughs> no, you're you're good. We 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 hear it enough. We we spoil shit all the time. We don't mm. notice. <laughs> um, I uh, I also work in the construction industry, so mouth like a sailor, you know, or I guess like a construction guy. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no curse words don't matter at all. Oh, perfect. Um, my, I have a, I have a horror story with control because I bought the control ultimate edition uh, for like seventy or eighty bucks. I can't remember. And okay. then a week and a half later, announced for Game Pass. Oh man, That's so I haven't worst. played it. I every time I look at it, I go, <sighs> and then I, I just don't play it. I kind of feel like I I won't play it until it gets off of Game Pass, <laughs> so That's I can just be like, okay. It's my that time hasn't now. happened to me yet, but I'm fully expecting to. Or I, that happened to me with I think uh, with with Hades when I first bought it. I bought it on the Switch for like full price, and then like the next day it was like on sale for like half off, and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> every time, yeah. Um, I it's happened to me quite a bit on Game Pass. I buy a lot of games though, so that's what I waste all my money on. Okay, I think we're are we done with this? How long did we go? Thirty minutes. This is pretty we're getting pretty early. You sure we don't have any interesting stories, Philip? Uh, no. I would get into the games I've been playing, but I've only been playing Halo, and that's what this episode is about. Spoilers if you didn't read the yeah, title. So <laughs> technically, I've only been ha playing Halo as well. I played Grand Theft Auto Three for like. 30 minutes and I, of course i've been playing yakuza like a dragon but i've only been doing side quest shit and it's just actually not interesting at all so i didn't even burn it down we've been playing so much fucking halo well let's uh do a quick break and then we'll hit our topic at hand and the music plays awesome. boom, boom. and we're back 
So, Nave, the other day, I was just, uh, I think I was at work or something, maybe. I'm not sure what I was doing exactly. But you sent me a message on Discord that said, like, hey, man, Halo's out. And I'm like, no, Halo doesn't come out till <laughs> December, Nave. You're not going to goof me on this. And you're like, for real, it's downloading it right now. And then you send me like a screenshot or something. You're like, I've already been playing it. And I'm like, no, this can't be right. And then I go and I look and it's like, yeah, Halo multiplayer beta just out, you know, just come on out. And I'm like, oh, man, we got to play Halo. The uh, verbatim, what I wrote was, uh, you asked me, you were like talking about Patreon and stuff. I'm like, I'm not sure. And then I go, hey, about an hour later, Halo is live, buddy. Let's fucking go. And I sent you a bunch of screenshots. And you were uh, proceeding to not believe me. That The rest of that is exactly how it went. <laughs> yeah. So Halo Infinite multiplayer beta is out. Uh, it is a limited state, but we have been so excited to play it that we have not actually played any more Morrowind, which is what this episode was going to be about. So now we're talking about Halo instead because this is our show. You don't like it? Turn it off. Turn it off right now. We definitely, we definitively at the end of last episode was like, it's probably for sure Morrowind. But also, we didn't know Halo Infinite was going to drop. It's fucking Halo Infinite. Listen to me. Oh Well, I guess we, we're about to talk about it, so it doesn't matter. You don't have this to listen is, to me anymore. This is really surprising, too, is like, xbox took a page out of the nintendo direct play book which was where they go like they talk about some like small little game they're like oh like you know waifu adventures 7 out now and they'd like drop it like out now but this is my obviously game. yes obviously and this is halo they're doing this with though so it's they're just you don't just announce that halo's out right now like who who does that that's insane <laughs> there were a lot of rumors going around but um i i chose to not believe them but of course uh which is funny because one of the biggest if not the biggest marketing campaign for the entire halo franchise was the believe campaign so i went around posting believe <laughs> and the scre- and a screenshot from that campaign yeah. and everything that's amazing but um uh oh what was i saying oh no what was i saying <laughs> believe 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 the believe. i didn't believe the game was coming out the rumors you're talking about the rumors there were there were a bunch of rumors. We can backtrack. We're getting close. I can feel it. We're so. I kept warm. seeing all the screenshots people were posting on Twitter too. It was like November fifteenth, and I'm just like, no, I can't. That's not true. That can't yeah, be true. Oh, okay, I got it. Um, yeah. So there were a bunch of rumors before this showcase because it's Xbox's twentieth anniversary, which is pretty awesome. Also, I wanted to watch that stream just because. But um, what this reminded me of was when Bethesda dropped the release date for Fallout Four. And there were like, I don't, I don't think there were any rumors for that. Like, no one saw it coming that Fallout None. 4 was dropping like a few months later after E3 or something like that. Like that was that was a, a surreal trip, also. But this one right here, uh, I watched the whole 20th anniversary thing. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff, and then at the very end, they start showing Halo stuff, and they like a Halo uh, mini series, which is funny because I just recently listened to a podcast from like a year ago that talked about that, and I was like, oh, I guess that never came to fruition, huh? And then they announced, they're like, here it is, it's coming for real. But um, they That's get rude. to the end, and they're like, it's it's what's his name for the fucking guy that's always in the Halo uh in the Halo preview stuff. The what's his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? The really short guy. Ah, he's been no, there since Halo too. Major Nelson? Yeah, Major Nelson. No, it's not Major Nelson. It's not. It's it's a it was it was somebody from Bungie. Oh, okay. And then he left with Bungie, and then he came back for Halo Infinite. I can't remember. Oh, someone's screaming at the radio right now. But um, 
he was there and he was talking and he was like, we're having a lot of fun making Halo, yada, yada, yada. Here's the multiplayer lead. And I'm sitting there with my fucking meatball noodle bowl TV dinner and I set the fork down and I stand up from my couch and I'm staring at the TV and the guy is like, we're so passionate about this game and it brings me so much pleasure to announce to you. And by the time he said that, I didn't even hear him say it was coming out today. I was just going, yes! Yeah! <laughs> ah! And I was watching it on Twitch and everyone was saying 117, 117, 117, just a, a million, like the, the chat's going fucking hyperspeed. And then as soon as he announces it, everyone's like, yes, let's go! And then you see the number count just start plummeting as everyone's oh, leaving oh Twitch to fucking get a, download the game. And I'm just That's standing amazing. in front of my TV like, what is that SpongeBob picture where he's like, got his fist yeah. and he's like, yeah! Yes. <laughs> oh man i haven't screamed like that from a from i was like i've been screaming a lot lately these past couple of days <laughs> your poor of neighbors Halo. yeah my poor neighbors but um yeah i was i have i don't think i've ever been so hyped than when they dropped that fucking game because i was completely in disbelief i was like there's no way it's happening but like as he handed them as he uh the camera panned to the multiplayer lead i was like this is for sure happening why well if they don't drop the game now just from how they set this up i don't know what i'm gonna do i mean if you think about it too it it makes sense you can argue i mean i've just been looking back at kind of the history of xbox the last couple of days only it was been 20 years uh, i feel old that you could make a very strong argument that without halo there would be no xbox because even though halo launched the original xbox xbox still got murdered by playstation 2 by several 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 million units so i mean that this there's no other way this could go down this this had to happen <laughs> well if you guys remember oh fuck this is a non sequitur a little bit do it but um uh so xbox almost got resident evil 4 other besides almost. nintendo yes. yeah so oh do you want do you know the story you go ahead and tell the story because i'm gonna butcher it i i know a little bit of it so i think the story was that xbox had a meeting with and i don't know the the head guy's name at capcom but they had a meeting with them, to, and they, it was like the home stretch of them securing Resident Evil 4 for the Xbox. And uh, the head of Capcom or the head designer, whoever they were talking to, um, before he would let them have Resident Evil 4, he asked them a question. He said, well, what is like your philosophy on game design? Like, what, what, is, what does game design mean to you? And the, Mike, the team that they sent, they were told that their response should be, we see games as an art form. Like, games are art. That's what they should tell, you know, the Japanese developer to get, the, get them on board. And the Xbox team forgot that's what, they're, what they were supposed to say. And they were just, they, they hesitated, they panicked, they didn't know what to say. And so that's what basically lost them Resident Evil oh. 4. So the story goes. So, yeah, <laughs> that could have been a big one too. But, you know, gotta well, be ready really for the board meetings. They got... Some Blinks PlayStation didn't have. No, no one cares about Blinks the Time Sweeper. <laughs> oh, yeah. If no one cared about it, then why is it backwards compatible then, huh? Exactly. <laughs> they got Morrowind that sure PlayStation didn't get, or Nintendo didn't get oh. either. They did get Morrowind. They did get Morrowind. That's where mm -hmm. I first played it as a yeah. wee lad. Mm -hmm. All right. But, Eric, you said earlier that uh, you definitely have some Halo history in your gaming career. Uh, I assume you were equally hyped for this release. I, I, I got to be honest. I wasn't until yesterday. <gasps> Whoa. It, it was weird because I, and I don't know if this was just me. Uh, I played Halo five guardians for like the first three weeks and then immediately put it down and never touched it again because I just, yeah. it, it, I didn't think it was that good of a game a, a, at all. 
So Halo's Incense has been kind of off my radar. And, you know, with the, all the stuff that happened with the first campaign reveal and, you know, Cr- Craig the Brute and how terrible all that stuff went. Oh, I just I wasn't. Right. Yeah. yeah, he should be the, like, the official mascot now, honestly. Yeah. But I just I wasn't I wasn't excited for it. And then I saw the reveal and I saw that they dropped it and just something like stirred inside of me like, from like my younger days. And I immediately texted my buddy. I'm like, we have to play this like tonight. Like, let's let's make it happen. So the the hype kind of just exploded like in within one day. So yeah, uh, I actually share quite a bit of your views. Where uh, Halo was it Halo Five or whatever Halo Four mm-hmm. Halo Five. Yeah. yeah, well, like Halo Four was like okay, but I'm like this doesn't feel like my Halo, my Halo, you know. And the Halo no. Five was like you know I bought you know a special edition with all the little DLC weird requisition packs and everything. Well, actually, I think it was all a gift from my wife, too. And she's like, hey, you know, I know you love Halo. Here's all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to play so much Halo 5. And I just stopped playing after, you know, a little bit of time. And I always felt bad about that because I'm like, man, you know, it's Halo. And I guess, you know, either they're letting me down or I'm letting them down. So somebody's getting let down. But then I'm like, Halo Infinite's going to be different. You know, I always got that little little door in my heart that I've cracked open for Halo. Like, it can still come back in. <laughs> And we're going to get to, but once I got in there and I'm like, this is Halo, you know, like, like as soon as I started up and we just like play the first one, cause I played the flights and I'm like, this is unfinished, but it feels kind of like Halo. And then playing this, which still feels a little unfinished, but it feels like Halo. So Nave, you put down some more in detailed uh, intro notes, anything yeah, you, you want to bring up after playing that this is a Halo ass Halo game. Yeah. This and my like my review of this Halo game is that it is a Halo game. Like it it feels it feels closer to what I consider the golden age of Halo, which I thought was three. That it, it feels like it. And if, if that's was like my basic review of the game. I've only played like eight or ten matches. So I don't think I have as much time into it as as you guys. But I just in my limited experience, it has all those moments. Like the gunplay feels real good. There's no like this over like Call of Duty style aiming down sights, like you, everything that you expect to be there is there from the energy sword. And the thing that I felt like Halo 5 was missing that this game has is it has those like insane, just those insane Halo moments with the vehicles where you like either grappling onto a banshee flying away or you're in the middle of like six dudes and it's just like you throw random grenades and stuff's just popping off all around you. Like that's that's what Halo feels like and has those moments, which I think you need to have. That sandbox gameplay is like on point in this one, especially yes. with that grappling hook, which when I first saw it, I was like, this seems cool in multiplayer. I mean, this seems cool in campaign, but in multiplayer, that's a scary idea. But um, it is that that grappling hook is right at home in Halo right now. It's the some of the goofiest things, like especially in Capture the Flag. I love just grabbing this. I've been playing a lot of Capture the Flag recently. I just grab that grappling hook wherever it spawns and just Spider-Man over to the other side and just right. find a spot behind them and just try and cause as much chaos as possible. And I'm like, this is this is this is like childhood fun. Like this is exactly what I remember playing Halo Three and like uh, what is it, Sand Trap? Is that the fucking map? The huge yes, one? the huge sand one. Yeah, and that same thing. I've probably killed myself with that grapple more times than I've actually been helpful, but it's still oh, super yeah. fun. I've done like maybe one super cool thing with the grapple where I like, grappled onto a vehicle and like got the guy out or whatever. But every other time, I like fly by and like either get shot or like launch myself off the side or or do something stupid. So, <laughs> have you grappled an enemy yet? And and Spider Man to them? 
I have not done that yet, no. Because I've tried twice, and both times they just turned around and shot me as I was coming <laughs> and killed me. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that was going to be a really hard... I, I was like, I wonder if I got to punch him, would that have killed him with that momentum? I don't know. Maybe. Right. The fact that you can grapple enemies makes me believe that if you get to them and punch them, it will kill them. I don't know. That would be sweet. I did get a kill, not like that exactly, on the bizarre map. You know how there's like the sand pillars that are going down, or sandstone pillars? Yeah. I was like shooting at a guy, weakened him down, shot the grappling hook, had the sandstone pillar, and slingshot around it and punched him and killed him that way. And I that's thought that awesome. was pretty cool. And I'm like, that's never going to happen again. And just, you know, died shortly after. That was earlier today when we were playing. Yeah. Give it a couple of days. I'm sure you'll see like highlights showing up all over YouTube of just 10 minutes of just grappling hook kills. Like, or I went into a game and just used the grappling hook and, and got like 37 kills or something like that. <laughs> there was a guy that was like, I wonder if I can grapple hook my own grenades. And he threw a grenade, missed, and then he threw a second grenade, grappled it out of the air, and it blew up like right on him. That's <laughs> he amazing. Like, he's like, oh my God, you can grapple hook grenades. That's amazing. Like, that's what I like to see. Yeah, it has that halo fun. Like that's what I. F it's difficult to describe when you ask somebody. It's like, well, it has the halo fun, and that's that's what it is. So, one good feeling I get to, or like one good, uh, one good sign that the multiplayer is super fun is that it makes me make really like insane sounds whenever something I'm I'll get I'll get in a really high stress situation. Like I'm trying, I got the oddball, and I'm trying to get away, and I'm like right around the corner. I'm almost there, and I'm like. Ah! <laughs> trying to get away <laughs> i i'm constantly doing that like i will be trying to clamber up which clamber is in halo infinite which at first i was like i don't like this but it's not that bad um mm. you kind of, it, it, it's like you know how you used to some jumps you'd have to crouch jump over well yeah. crouch jumping is kind of sucky like i would rather clamber honestly <laughs> clamber yeah. a little... so, like rocket jump and aim the rocket at your feet jump up and like boost yourself up that way oh man the repulsor is awesome did you have you used the repulsor any just I a don't little think bit so, no. so the repulsor is that uh, the repulsor is a rocket jump that doesn't hurt you 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 just look down at the ground and boom and it'll knock you way up in the air that's like awesome. a grab lift it's so cool like i've every time i get i when i got it at first i was like this is stupid i just because i i think you're supposed to repulse grenades or enemies that are trying to melee you or something but which i guess can work but you can repulse the ground underneath you and it'll launch you up in the air like a super high jump and i was like great man this is like exactly what like the 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 best equipment is definitely the equipment that increases your mobility oh yeah yeah so now that we're done kind of glowing about our experience so far, let's hit on to what this thing actually is. Because this beta only has like three real game modes to it. We got ranked arena, quick play, and big team battle. Just thank God big team battle's in there. Yeah, if they That's didn't put big team battle, I would not be as into it. But being able to use all the vehicles, how seeing how each one still handles good. I don't know. It feels so good to drive the warthog around. After so many years, too, it feels it's like yeah, they're like this is how this should feel, absolutely. And yeah, like the obviously, like you said, it's still beta, and there's I know they're going to add more, but I I did find myself just a little bit like missing, you know, some of the older game modes. Like I was like, oh, team SWAT would be awesome, or shoddy yeah. snipes would be awesome, just to, Ooh, just to play around. SWAT. I yeah. wrote that in there in uh, improvements. I definitely wrote. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm jumping types. ahead a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> well, honestly, there's no real structure. Okay. But this this our our notes are are in a structure, but they're really just there so that we can remember what we want to talk about before we start. 
but yeah, the legacy game types, like things like uh, Bomb or King of the Hill are missing. Oh, yeah. That's very interesting. Um, like, because Philip was like, there's one game mode where you have to get these power cords and bring them back to your base. And mm-hmm. then there's another game mode where it's like King of the Hill times three and you have to hold them all. Those These are both big team battle. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, what if we had these, but we just, it's like, what if we had a big team battle oddball but like you just had to bring it to a place and stay there, and I was like, Philip, that sounds like bomb, and yeah, I just bomb realized it. bomb's not in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like that... oddball, but take it to the spot. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, used to have that. Yeah, it's like reverse capture the flag, where you you gotta deliver the flag back to them, you know. And I think that's one thing too. I kind of after playing, I think between like the six to ten matches I played, I think I played on all the maps they have available. I don't know how many maps there are. Uh, just quite I, a few. I did feel myself, I, maybe this might have been just the nostalgia kicking in. I was like, man, it'd be awesome to see like Valhalla or Blood Gulch or Lockdown or some more like the, you know, the legendary Halo maps that have been in, in previous games. I'm like, I know it's a game as a service now. They'll add that stuff eventually. But I, I just found myself missing it a little bit. That was, and that was probably just due to like the nostalgia factor. I was like, man, it'd be sweet to play these old maps again. I, I've definitely been referring to these maps. Like, there is a map that looks like Valhalla that I've been calling Valhalla. <laughs> sand, I just did it earlier with that one map I called Sand Trap. And there's the Bazaar. Philip knows some of the names. Like, he said Bazaar. I've been calling it Halo 2 map. Yeah. <laughs> well, they I look like that. palette swaps of, like, other maps. Or, or, like, brushes. Like, they just moved the, like, solid brushes around to make new maps using assets from other maps. Which I remember in Halo 4 and 5 having issues with the multiplayer maps where I'm like, I don't get the flow. Like, these just don't feel right. Besides the breakout maps. Loved breakout. But Mm -hmm. in this one, every map has a good flow. Except for that one capture the flag map. You know the one I'm talking about on the sand? The sand trap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one is a bad map. I thought that map was so good. When I loaded in, I was like, oh, is this Sand Trap? And then, like, for whatever reason, the loading screen, I was like, oh, this kind of looks like what's that one from Halo 2? Is that Zanzibar, too? Where it's yeah. at the beach, I think. I was, but, yeah. Yeah, that map is interesting and kind of stupid. <laughs> it's incredible. It is so open that it's obnoxious. Because one of my least favorite ways to die in Halo is I have when I'm getting shot and I have no idea where I'm getting shot from. Oh, yeah. You are in, like, it is. you are basically in, like, Narnia whenever you're out in the sand. Like, you can get shot from anywhere. And I know that Sand Trap, like, a, a lot of the love of sand trap is the fact that you can run all the way out on the hill and just start sniping down on people you can do that in this map as well but in 4v4 capture the flag like in objective modes it is you're like (laughs) trying (laughs) to get the flag back but um yeah the um there is one map that we me and philip and even our friend groups like we have a bunch of call of duty players that we've been playing with like some of my personal and real life friends um that i've been trying to get into halo and we're getting really sweaty on one map do you know the name of the map the one that has the, no, the main street and everything yeah that map i don't know the name specifically. of it specifically uh, we love that I know map. What you're talking about it's yeah, like Chinatown on one side and like a bar on the other side with the subway yeah. at one side and like a gazebo at the other end or a watchtower type thing yeah we have been getting really sweaty on that map. Like, <laughs> like we've started making like specific callouts. Like on the game, you have a radar in the bottom left hand corner. Unless you're playing ranked, radar is gone. But where that radar is, there's also a little indicator that tells you where you're at. So it'll be like uh, Main I Street. Main Street. Yeah, it'll be Subway. like Main Street when you're standing in the middle of the street, right? Or in the middle of the, this specific map. Well, we've started going like, hey, they're on purple, and we know where they're at, because there's like this corner of the map that's a ramp going up, but there's a giant purple neon sign, 
and and it makes the whole corner purple. And it it it, it makes me think of playing uh, Counter Strike, or even in the Halo universe, it makes me think of playing Guardian. Like I'm like I'm calling out like, hey, on elbow, on on hammer spawn, hammer spawn. Oh, he's on the tree, he's on tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, uh, it's like elbow grab lift, elbow grab lift. He's going up now. You know what I mean? And people are like, oh shit, you know, like like when you get sweaty on some of these maps, like that's that I think that's 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 got to be good game. That's got to be good map design, right? The the fact that we're already we have identifiable terms just to like there's a in Counter Strike there's a famous one in uh in Dust called Goose because there's a there's a like a spray paint of a goose on a wall and that's a spot where people who normally get sniper rifles will stay and hide because you can watch two different angles from Goose and have like protection. So people will be like they're on Goose, they're on Goose, and when you're playing the game for like you know not that long, you're like what the fuck are they talking about Goose? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I feel be. Like there's potential for that. Go ahead, Eric. I was gonna say I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional. I was gonna say the one thing that I really noticed is um, I'm really happy that Microsoft gave them the extra time to work on this game, especially after what happened last year with the reveal, and that definitely shows. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if like these maps were designed with that style of play in mind, because one thing I noticed is that uh, I know that Van Call of Duty Vanguard and I think. Battlefield 2042 are currently out, right? Didn't they just launch a little bit ago? Uh, I think they're both out, yeah. Yeah. Or or the Battlefield's releasing very... It, Battlefield is probably going to be out by the time this episode's out. Uh, there's least. not not a lot of like good reception around either of those games right now. So Halo right now looks like it is like the top dog of the shooter releases this holiday season. And especially if Microsoft wants to like kind of incorporate like an esports type thing into that, like that's that's actually really good for them. And, and Microsoft really needed them, so I'm glad they gave 343 the time to to work on it and just say, hey, take all the time you need. Like we need this to be good. You know, it's super interesting about that. I remember what I was trying to say like fucking 30 minutes ago. Now, just now, I, it popped up in my head again. Before they were, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not uh, 343 Industries should separate the campaign and multiplayer release dates and before they it was very anti that like the game had to release with multiplayer and campaign intact or the game is unfinished you know what i mean like it's either both released at the same time or delay the game and then they're like okay so the whole game's coming out in december right but now they could because they were like they were trying to release I think they were the, the talks were to release it on the 20th anniversary, the multiplayer, which basically they ended up doing anyways. They ended up saying, no, never mind, it's, it's releasing in December, we hear you guys, and then releasing the multiplayer early anyways. But this time, since we got it early, everyone's happy. You know, instead of going, these things are separated, you, there's, a, there's this tactic, like, if you're going to ask someone for money, ask them, if you're going to ask someone for $20, ask them for $50 first, and then bargain down to $20, because oh, yeah. that's what you wanted already, mm-hmm. right? So, you think you think maybe something like that has happened, or am I, like, interpreting this a little weird? Because that's where I kind of see. There was a lot of negativity about it on Twitter, which is not a surprise. But Well, this is definitely a great PR move, or, like, image move, because this is if you really look at it, a bare bones beta with only like three game modes with that, they can get away with so much of things being unfinished. Some things are clunky. The servers are still like, I've noticed a a little bit of server problem where I have not been able to connect to the dedicated server, but most time it's been fine. They can get away with more of these day one struggles under the guise of an, like an unreleased beta version of the game. And what's even better is they are double dipping 
by charging people for the the battle pass, which we'll get into progression later. But they are full on eating their cake and having it too. I think too, one of the things that you have to think about as well is I think they looked at the current landscape of like what gaming is and all the other big boys that come out every year, like your Call of Duties and your Battlefields, like that uh, separation of campaign and multiplayer has already happened. Like Call of Duty is essentially Warzone now. That's that's what it is. And then now they're just releasing like whatever Vanguard is like that's its campaign and multiplayer for this year or whatever. But like going forward, the way I see it is now is like Halo Infinite multiplayer is going to be the Halo multiplayer. And then they can just release campaigns if they want to do more story now. But the the, the infinite multiplayer like that's going to be your multiplayer experience. And that's the way a lot of the other guys do it now. I mean, everybody's moved to this game as a service model where you have perpetual seasons or battle passes, and that's how you make your current revenue, your income. And that's just that's just the model now. And it's not surprising that Microsoft and Halo, with, with their biggest, you know, ga- arguably their biggest game, fouled in in that footstep. That's a pretty good springboard to talk about the progression then. So, Nave, you bought the battle pass, and I have not. So, in my opinion, I probably am not going to buy the battle pass until I either get really far into it or I see an item I really want. Because just looking at it, like, this is the beta. There's limited actual cosmetic contents that I'm kind of interested in. I'm pretty happy with my character as a base model, especially with how much diversity there already is. Like, like in our games, we never seem to have characters that look the same unless they're the default character model. But one thing that really contributes to it. that is that uh, there's no more red versus blue. So we keep your you keep your armor color, and instead you have an outline, uh, like you have a friendly outline and an enemy outline, which those are customizable in the accessibility options. So you it, it doesn't have to be red team versus blue team. It could be pink team versus neon green team. You know, it could be whatever the hell you want, which is really cool because I've been seeing screenshots online. Uh, and every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, shit, this person has their allies as green. That's really strange. You know, what I mean? and every yeah. time and I stare at it, you know, I'm like, look at them. They're green now. Like, because I, I just left it on default. I didn't even think about it. But you can really customize it. Like I was I was considering because Philip's armor is red and I'm in ranked. You can do team damage to each other. I'm considering turning like our team ally color to like pink or something so that I could just tell that it's not him. Because every time I see him and my enemy color is red, I shoot him once or twice. And I'm just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you scared me. Yeah. I, and that's, I do did have one problem with the cosmetics because I'm like, okay, like I've noticed I actually do get shot a lot by my own teammates because I wear <laughs> red armor. And so I was like, well, I'll just go with a different shade of red. And I go in there, like I wanted to be like maybe a darker red or something just like more noticeably different. And currently I do not have any other decent reddish colors because i always like being red and halo or even like just an accent of like white with red or something something cool you know but looking at what i've unlocked on the battle pass so far there's not a lot of color options and looking at the color options that are already unlocked also not a crazy amount of selection so i don't see a point for me to buy the battle pass because i'm not really gaining much from it at this point um, I, I definitely, because I think the battle passes don't end, so you can constantly make experience. Like, once there are multiple battle passes, you can go back and do, like, I think it's the Fall of Reach or the Heroes of Reach or whatever, yeah. Season 1. Well, you can go back and start progressing in that one instead if you think the second battle pass sucks. And I would recommend, because I bought the battle pass, but you don't get anything from buying the battle pass. You only get the cosmetics that you've unlocked along the way. So... If you're at level one, you have no, you, you don't need to buy the battle pass unless you just want to equip everything as your 
progressing along. But another thing that, and this is a this is a gripe for me right now because the progression is so slow. But the things that you unlock are specific to armor cores, and the armor cores are uh there it's the base model of your character it's how you look like you you know in the okay i'm getting ahead of myself so specifically for me i have unlocked an armor visor and i couldn't figure out how to equip the armor visor well turns out it's for the default armor helmet like it's a specific color for the helmet that i don't want to use because i think the second the second set of armor that you get is cooler looking well so it's like okay i unlocked that visor but i can't use it and I don't think I'll ever be able to use it. Well, I went in and I looked at my battle pass. Once you beat all of the weekly challenges, you get an ultimate challenge. And once you beat that ultimate challenge, you get a specific uh, piece of armor. And that specific piece of armor is another visor color for the helmet I don't want to use. Oh, so I'm no. just like, and I've been trying so hard to get to, to get this visor color just because it's you know unique. And, and I'm just like, but I'll have to switch my armor back. You know what I mean? Like to the default armor. I don't want to do that. I was just going to add because it's like uh, as you're leveling up the battle pass, one of the first things you'll get is like a, a wrist bracelet thing. And then another thing you'll get is like a chest plate. But both of those things are only for the second set of armor. I didn't realize because I was already using that. But as you level up, you get a left and a right uh, shoulder plate. And those are for the original sets of armor. So I don't get to wear that even though I am, you know, progressing this battle pass. Whereas I I don't think this ever happened in like Halo Reach, where like Halo Reach had specific attachments for helmets, but everything else was like interchangeable. Like if you got the security shoulder, you had a security shoulder, you know. That's that's what I was gonna say too. I remember I specifically remember playing Halo Three, like how like wide the customization options were to the point where you could have like each specific piece of armor like a different color. And different sets of armor from like different sets of armor, if, if that statement makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that decision was was really interesting. I, I'm kind of split two sides on the battle pass. So one thing I really love that they did is, um, like you guys said, you can go back to battle passes that you have at, at any time. Like the Heroes of Reach stuff, that'll never go away. You can go and unlock that stuff whenever you want. I think that's awesome. I think that adds a lot of value. And like you said, yeah, I may not want stuff now, but if I level it up enough, and yeah, maybe eventually that becomes, oh, I'll drop 10 bucks and I unlock all this extra stuff. Like, that's really great. I think that's an awesome way to do that. I think uh, one thing that struck me, though, was I feel like that just a progression in general to unlock stuff is, like, really slow. It's really slow. I level up the Battle Pass one time, I think, after, like, nine or ten games. And those are intrinsically linked to the challenges that you do every day or every week. I was surprised to see that you don't get any Battle Pass, like, experience or points from, like, just playing the game. But... I, I I don't know. I just feel I that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I guess the thing about that is that you you have a daily challenge that keeps refer, that keeps progressing, and the daily challenge so far is always just play one to five games. I've seen up to five, and occasionally it is like win one to five games, and as you, and so you are like occasionally getting a little bit of experience as you're playing the game, but. The weekly challenges are where I'm starting to really feel a lot of aggression because it's starting to affect the game itself where people are playing to level up this battle pass. And mm. it's like, I need to win an oddball match. That is the last weekly match I had. And this will go into another complaint that I have in a minute. But 
uh, every time I see Oddball, I'm like, okay, I need to fucking win. But there's like one guy in the corner eating glue, and then there's another guy who's like, okay, I need to get Ravenger kills, so I'm just gonna stand right here next to the spawner where the Ravenger is, and I'm just gonna <laughs> grab it immediately and start shooting. And they're not caring about what's going on in the game itself because they don't care about Oddball wins, and they're not incentivized to win since we don't get experience for winning. We only get experience for getting Ravenger kills or getting Commando kills or you know, Philip has to kill someone with the fusion coil. And so it's yeah. like so I spent one whole match literally just carrying a fusion coil around trying to get kills with it. <laughs> and I don't think I scored yeah. a single point because that was a stockpile match, which I also needed stockpile wins because I need three stockpile wins. But I'm like, it's going to be harder for me to get fusion coil kills than it's going to be for me to get stockpile wins. So maybe my team will win this for me or maybe I can get this kill. I ended up not getting that kill after that 12 minute match, by the way. I did not get a kill with that fusion coil. And Nor did you win the game? Yeah, well, I did not win either. So this is once again we talked about back in our Apex episode, maybe about challenges de incentivize winning. Like that's kind of problematic. Like League of Legends uh, always makes this about winning. Like there's a challenge. It's like their weekly challenge will be uh, kill five turrets as a team. So as long as anyone on your team takes a turret, you complete the challenge. Uh, it's like kill 50 minions as a team or no, not as a team, like in your lane or something like that. So you might not even be the person killing it. It could be your ADC and you'll still get the credit for it. I, I have an ad addition to that. It's it's not only just that it'll be it can it'll be like kill 50, 500 minions or win five games. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll give so you an option. Like- there are two different pathways so that if it's like i don't play in the lanes i play jungle i'm never going to kill 500 minions or but i could just win five games which is something i want to do anyway so now i don't suggest that all of the challenges do that but there there are a lot of nitpicks there are a lot of nitpicks i have about these challenges right now especially after spending the last two days getting all of them and i'm just down to the last one and I think that's interesting that you guys have actually experienced that because that was going to be my question. I, like After like the third or fourth match, I started looking at these challenges and I said, well, there's not really any reward for me like playing well or winning the match. So I'm thinking it's like people that are just more obsessed with like the cosmetics are just going to want to do their challenges regardless of the outcome of the game because you're not punished for doing poorly and you're not, you know, you're not rewarded for winning. So, so it's like, yeah, then you're going to get these guys, like you said, they're spawn camping guns, they're sitting in the corner or doing whatever they got to do or carrying a fusion coil around or whatever. And I definitely it, had a match like that in Big Team Battle where I needed wasp kills and I was like, I'm just standing here waiting for the wasp to spawn. And, you know, that's all I did all game was just wait for the wasp. And that really kind of annoyed me because I come from like I played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Overwatch, which is very heavily like objective team based games that rewards you for winning and so like my mindset playing this is like i need to like be playing the objective i need to be making moves like to the objective like so the objective gameplay feels great to me in this game but yeah all of a sudden now it's becoming about getting certain weapon kills and matches and not playing the objective and it's just like well that's that's kind of frustrating what i would one thing i would like is if the challenges because this is only the first week of challenges i don't know if they're going to like switch them up or if they're going to be essentially the same but i would like it to skew towards like big team battle or something like that or so it's like if they were like weapon specific challenges i would like it to be like in big team battle because big team battle is such a big clusterfuck that and that's where most of the weapons and vehicles spawn. that's where all the vehicles spawn except for on one map and that's where most of the weapons also will spawn on any given map for 
like you have a lot of opportunity to work on challenges in big team battle plus you're su- you're part of a way larger team so you are do you it's your absence is less of an impact because it's like if i'm playing ranked and somebody has to get commando kills i'm going to be pretty frustrated if we get to bazaar and someone is just camping the fucking commando spawn on the on the second floor so that he can work on his challenge during a ranked match i'm going to i'm going to lose my mind i'm going to i'm going to team kill him a couple times if i see him you know it's like this, that sounds yeah. like a pretty good fix, though. But another thing is just make the challenges like I don't care if they make them bigger, but make them more general, like defeat enemies using energy based weapons. Like there's like three different lightning guns or defeat enemies using um, like for one I challenge that I didn't really understand at first, but it was uh, pretty much any of the spike related weapons. Like it didn't say use spike related weapons. It had a very abstract definition of it it's like, like kinetic semi automatic arsenal or something i don't know yeah which there's like three different guns that just fire stakes or like skewers like there's a skewer there's the mauler there's the i don't even know but that that might be the only two but it was like just get kills with these and i did not understand what i was supposed to be doing until i got a skewer and i'm like oh this is what this is and i was able to do that challenge like easy because in big team battle i got a couple kills with the big skewer and then when we were playing ranked i got a couple kills with the little mauler and that's assuming that they count the kills, by the way, because this game is very iffy on if it can figure out what weapon you actually killed them with. That that was what I was going to hit on, too. So I have only experienced this with one challenge, and that was with the, what was it, the heat? It's the it's the new grenade launcher, what was it called? Oh, um, the star screen. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what it's called either. Um, <laughs> but uh, my kills didn't count. I needed five, and I got three, and it stayed at zero. And I was like, okay, that sucks. But um, a lot of our friends are having this problem. Like with the commando, they're getting like eight kills, and they're like, they're like counting their kills, and then they'll get back, and they'll only have like three out of ten. And I'm like, well, sucks to be you. One thing they do is as you're playing the battle pass, you get these things that let you reroll challenges, like switch them out for something else. And... Um, I've I've I'm like level six after like forty four something forty something games, which is pretty hysterical, and um, but I've only gotten two and I used them immediately as soon as I got them. One because of the fusion coil because I didn't want to do that. That was that sounds hard, and then the other one is because I had that grenade launcher. Uh, I had that grenade launcher challenge, and every time I got kills with it, it didn't count. So I had to actually use the swap that you have to pay for or unlock from the battle pass from dozens of fucking matches. I had to use that thing to swap out a glitched out challenge so that I can complete all of my challenges. And even then, it swapped it out for something super easy, which was get 25 kills in Slayer, right? The first match I got in Slayer, I got 19 kills. And then the second match, I got 11 kills. That's way more than 25, but it dropped me at 23. And so I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> like, I got so many kills. So I had to wait for another Slayer match to come around, which leads right into my next complaint, that you cannot choose what game type you want to play. Like, you can choose what mode you want to play. You can choose Big Team Battle, Ranked, or Quick Play. But within any of those, you are getting a random grab bag of whatever the game decides to give you. And I'm going to be honest, I, I'm starting to feel like the game knows you want a specific game mode and it goes out of its way to not give you that game mode because I've needed three oddball. I've needed three oddball wins for like ever. (laughs) Like I've played, I've played like 18 games in a row and have gotten oddball three times and I lost the last one. So I need another oddball, but it's like, I'm not going to see oddball for another like seven hours. Am I 
<laughs> you know, it's like that's yeah. what it's starting to feel like. Yeah. I definitely feel like and three, four, three even came out and said that they're monitoring the situation with the battle pass and the challenges closely. So I, f- I feel like they will realize that a fix is needed. And like, I think some of the suggestions that we've had are good fixes, even letting people like, yeah, either reroll challenges a certain number of times, or maybe even have a list of challenges that you can pick from. And then maybe just adding little re- incentives to actually want to play and win the game. Like, uh, I hate to keep comparing it to Overwatch, but Overwatch gives you a loot box every three wins that you get up to nine wins. So maybe every certain number of wins you can get, you can just unlock like a little cosmetic thing. It doesn't have to be anything like a big deal or maybe uh, get some currency or, or just something to incentivize like actually like playing the game and winning instead of just like hunting for challenges. If they're going to keep going along the route of like beating specific like mat- types of matches, they definitely need to add the ability to pick which kind of because this this is driving me insane. Like like Phillips needed stockpile wins in big team battle. I've needed oddball wins, and we are just playing for hours, like alternating between odd between big team battle and quick play, right. just hoping that one of us will get what we need. And um, the weapons, I can the weapons are like Philip was Philip had a good idea, like making them a little bit more broad. But I do like the fact that there are specific weapon kills as well. It's just that. If the weapon is like, if the weapon is like a power weapon, don't make me have to kill twenty people. <laughs> like, yeah. holy shit! Like, that is five so or ten people. at the most. <laughs> five is even scary, you know, because right. it's like if I get like the spanker, whatever. That's in almost every map. Like it alternates, but I had that grenade launch. I needed to get that grenade launcher. The only place I could ever find it was in the big Valhalla map, where you can hack one of the two doors on each side. And even then, when you hack the door, it's just a random chance that it might be in there like a 10% chance because it, it's alternating between like sniper rifle, rocket launcher, the uh, gravity hammer. It's like alternating between a bunch of different guns. It could possibly be even like common weapons, like the commando and stuff. It's like when I opened those doors, I saw a commando. I'd go, Oh my God, I, there's a <laughs> commando spawn right outside. Like, <laughs> You know, uh, one kind of interesting, like option they could do for the battle pass is in my little dragon ball gotcha game. There is a, uh, like I forgot, I think it's like a two-week uh, weekly pass thing, and the way it works is you pick what kind of play you want to do. It's like, do you want like the battle lovers pack where all your challenges are PvP based, or there's a co-op pack where you all your challenges are like co-op based, and you get like you benefit or you level up by playing the co-op modes, or there's like the solo pack where you just benefit by doing like solo challenges on your own. And it rewards individual play or, or preferred play as like you would as an individual instead of just like, ah, it's Halo. You like go go get some, you know, Warthog chain gun kills. And I'm like, well, what if I, you know, prefer to use sniper rivals or something like that? Like, this is not my preferred play, but I still want to be rewarded for my preferred player. You know, I understand them wanting to you know, make people experience different ways of playing the game and everything that they put in it. But yeah, at the end of the day, I, I would like to be re- rewarded for the way I like to play the game. So that that does make a lot of sense. I think that would be very helpful if they added something like that. You know what we forgot to do at the top after the break? Read the what? Twitter stuff. There's Twitter stuff? We can segue this right into what the Twitter stuff is about. Do you have any awesome stories about uh, your couple of games that you've played so far? Uh, phew, man, uh, not really. I've just been kind of playing them just to kind of it's been kind of an unwinding and relaxing just just type of play for me. I've been gravitating more towards single-player games, just kind of like 
be stress-free, especially with like our weddings, like within two months. And we've been, we're basically sprinting to the finish line on that and then combined with work. Um, so, so nothing, nothing super specific. I haven't just been playing on my own. So sorry if that's kind of a boring answer. <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's fine. It's the truth. I've basically turned our Twitter account the last two days into just a highlight reel of a bunch of screenshots of me doing good in Halo. I've seen that. So, it's very impressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go on record. I want to go on record that within the first two days, I got a perfection in big team battle. I went nice. 20 and zero. And I also, uh, we did our ranks. So there's three different rank queues. There's solo duos for mouse and keyboard only and for gamepad only. And then there's the uh, squad play up to four people, but it's cross play between mouse and keyboard and controller right yeah and so we basically always have four to six people in our in our party so when we have four we just play ranked i ended up getting ranked diamond one and in the very last placement match when i got ranked i went 40 kills and 16 wow that's pretty with good 22 with 22 captures and it was like with two killings uh two killing friends uh, sprees or what is it uh killing frenzies 10 yeah. kills without dying nice two, twice i'm just like I, I've been going on a warpath. It needs to go on record in case guys my playing, skills degenerate. Are you guys playing mouse and keyboard or are you playing controller? We're controller boys. Controller. Okay. Uh, I've been playing on my on my laptop, but I felt like I I felt wrong playing at mouse and keyboard, so I've, I've been playing with a controller as well. I've definitely been wanting to experience. The, I've, I know for a fact that we've run into it. We had to have run into a few mouse and keyboard boys in the ranked queue, yeah? You think, Philip? Yeah, well, there's definitely, like, you can tell. Like, one thing is, I remember one guy in particular who was doing some seriously controlled, like, Counter-Strike whips around or, like, spinning. Because I remember, like, he would run into a room and he would start Halo bunny hopping and then just throwing punches. And he would just, like, do a perfect circle around you. And I'm like, there's Oof. no way you can do that with a controller. Like, the a amount of, like, of the 180s. Wrist. I have the elite controller, as you know, and I specifically was like, I'm going to, I have, I took the paddles off of the back pretty early, but I was like, I'm going to find where the A button is, is uh, default. And then I'm going to put the paddle there and I'm going to start getting used to using my back, my uh, back fingers holding the controller. And I'm telling you, man, it's changed the game. I think it is partially why I do so well as well, because I'm able to bunny hop and like keep an aim similar to what like because on I assume if you're using mouse and keyboard space bar is the jump, but you can your right hand is always on the mouse. And that's where you aim and click to fucking shoot. It is a similar experience where I can jump and keep a fucking bead on somebody. And it, it's really cool. I ha- I do. It's like it's like sixty forty me jumping with the A button and me remembering to use the back paddle. Yeah, but, which listeners at home, uh, the reason I point that out is, like he said, uh, with the keyboard, all your buttons are being controlled by your left hand. Besides, basically aim and shoot, which is all right hand. So if when you're using gamepad, the buttons are basically split. Like your thumb cannot really like aim and hit the face buttons at the same time unless you're like doing a claw, which I can't do the claw. But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, So (laughs) to be able to jump and turn at the same time is not common in controllers. Back in the day, uh, there's a controller scheme uh, for Halo 3 called Bumper Jumper, which ameliorated this problem that made the jump button like the left bumper or something like that. Yeah. That way you can jump and aim at the same time. But it's it was a very odd control scheme. I never got used to it because that was also the heyday of Modern Warfare, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, specifically Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, not the fucking the same name game. I hate <laughs> right. <that shit>. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
All right, uh, we've been going on for a minute. Eric, you probably need to be released. So I want to thank you for coming on and joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Do you want to plug all your stuff again? Plug it real good. Yeah, I can plug it quick. Uh, so I host the SideQuesting podcast, and you can find that at pretty much wherever podcasts are available. Uh, if it's not there, hit me up. I'll, I'll put it wherever you want to listen. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the one true sire. Uh, we're also on the podcast on Twitter, Pod SideQuest. And then I'm pretty active on Instagram, uh, SideQuesting podcast on Instagram, where I talk to a lot of people, do a lot of shout outs and stuff like that. Um, that's primarily where you can find uh, me. If you want to check out my co-host, Tom, he also streams. Uh, you can find him on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash redrival26. Uh, and he's also on Twitter at RedRival26. So hit him up, say hi, uh, tell him you love RPGs, and he'll talk to you for probably like 45 hours. So, perfect. Which I was appalled because you your most recent thing was about was about uh, rants or what was it? Not rants, uh, nitpicking game. What was it? Your last episode? Uh, pet peeves. I did pet, pet peeves. peeves. Yes, was, yes. I was like specifically that phrase. Um, you said at the very top, you were like, I took some uh some answer some replies from instagram and i was like instagram oh I'm yeah not using instagram <laughs> yeah <laughs> what i, I always answer to this <laughs> i always really uh i'm really bad at promoting on twitter like because I, I talk to a lot of like my podcasting friends on instagram so most of the times just like like oh yeah like i'll just put up a story and like everyone will respond it'll be super cool and then it's like oh some people like use twitter more heavily so yeah i i do need to be better about that in the future and def definitely will because you're not the first person that's like if you would have asked on twitter i totally would have answered so i i'm sorry about that <laughs> Yeah, that's fine because Philip Philip holds the holds the Facebook fort down. I hold Twitter down. Sweet. We can only we have very limited bandwidth. Other than that, I'll be more mindful of it in the future. I promise. No, you're all good. Well, this is awesome, man. Yeah, it was glad to get you on. Thank you so much. Like I said, any hit me up anytime. I can't guarantee it. my schedule will be free, but I'll I'll come on and, and wing it best I can. Yeah, well, that, this one was very short notice. It was like at nine a.m. today that we're recording. I was like, hey, you want to talk about Halo real quick? <laughs> yeah i saw the message at 7 30 this morning i was like uh sure yeah let's do it <laughs> so. yeah i was like because i told philip i was supposed to ask around yesterday and i was like oh shit oh no <laughs> like i gotta figure it out right. all right uh, let's thank you guys so much this. i really appreciate it oh philip say we're going what? to leave all right and now we're going to wait what are we gonna leave and we're back well we had to say goodbye to eric but now we have a chance to talk about more personal feelings. So, Nave, I have been feeling a lot of feelings whenever I play this Halo. Okay, I thought we were thought we were really going into like <laughs> like so, Nave. I've been really sad lately. <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> not now, not, not on the not air. You too. All right. So, uh, one thing I want to highlight is like I don't know about you, but it takes a certain kind of game to get my blood rushing. Like the, my notable games are definitely like League of Legends and Smash Bros. Those are like the two ones I can definitely think of. Maybe like some fighting games like Soul Calibur or Dragon Ball Fighters, where like literally like I can feel my pulse going through my brain as my blood is rushing, and I'm like jerking my arms and my controller every time I like throw a melee punch. And in this this Halo, basically. Every time I get in like close quarters combat, my controller is doing like a, a full seizure in my hand as I'm like whipping my shoulders around trying to like kill people as as hard as I can. Like, I don't, have you experienced this? Yeah, I have something that uh, a lot of people make fun of me for, which is like 
predominantly happening in League of Legends, but also in this game apparently, where I will breathe in deeply and then exhale really hard as I'm trying oh, yeah. to focus. And sometimes it's picked up by my mic, so you'll just hear me go. Yeah. Trey just joined like, our, our party and you were doing that and uh, he's like, Nate, why are you doing that? And I'm like, he's respirating. It helps increase mental focus so he can get more kills. And then yeah, you go, you know, 23 and six. And I'm like, yeah, I got more kills. See? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it happens, man. When I'm in a, I'm, especially if I get in a 2v1 and I feel like I'm going to win, I will just stop mid-sentence and just start breathing out, pushing, <laughs> like God. getting blood flow into my brain or so. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know where I got that from, but I, it is i do the i do the seizure thing also i am like my hands are shaking if i'm punching someone i'm it's a lot of uh standing up also as uh, as things are getting serious like you know you get into the serious stance with your elbows yeah. on your knees and you the lean, lean forward. forward yeah oh no i skip that i go straight to just jumping straight up and like oh. putting my oh, the, my forehead to the tv you other thing the amount of like stress or like spike that you get in your heart whenever like i die or something like that and like it was like a really close fight where you're like right on the edge and then like if something goes south and i get blown up by like a grenade like instantly like i don't know why i keep doing it but i always like look down i'm like can you believe this and like my cat is always like sitting on my lap like right there and i just like pet it really fast and then like i have you know 60 like six seconds until i respawn and then i'm just right back in it i'm just like oh my god i can't believe that just happened you you saw that mushi you saw that right i had him oh uh twitter stuff we can't oh yeah twitter we we just talk about twitter all right so First things first, uh, we have we have Ryan from the List Off podcast. I defined the tweet, uh, but he said, "Oh, well, basically, what I, I I'm just like broadly tell me something about Halo." So he said he made the mistake of getting in the Warthog with someone who hadn't played the high power big team battle map. He was promptly driven into the giant pit outside of the team's base. Yeah, you know, that's a funny pit because I've also driven into that pit with you on the back yeah. of my Warthog. So, you know who else drove me off of the pit? Chris from the One Hour One Decision podcast, who's the next tweet, actually, where he said he played big team battle. Uh, he was playing big team battle. He hijacked a Warthog thinking that the guy in the passenger seat would get booted off, which they didn't. And then he nope. proceeded to drive off of that same cliff. Yeah. So that cliff seems to be uh you know, seems to be getting some it's got a it's got a pretty good kill death ratio, it seems. I've also done that where I had somebody uh like where my gunner got shot off my warthog, I whipped into like a crash roll, you know how you do, and <laughs> yes. an enemy jumped into the gunner on my back and started shooting our teammates, and so I drove off the cliff with him in the back as well. Self-sacrifice. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I cut Ryan's tweet in half. He gave us two two tweets, actually. But uh, he also said, he said, overall, the multiplayer is fantastic. I'm not setting the world on fire with my KD. He thinks his best was about 28 and 13, which is pretty good. That's That's good. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. Uh, But um, he says, but I'm still having an absolute blast. All the game modes are fun and seems very well balanced. I'm trying to read. I swear, I learned how to read. Uh, Eric from Game Positive, which is a shame. I wanted to. I, I was hoping Eric would be here so that I would read also Eric from Game Positive and I'd talk about how you guys know each other. You guys have the same name. That's interesting, right? Is he, he no. says adjust your dead zones? I know. It's I did. Yeah, like because my the dead zones are like huge right now. When you first do the like basic, like you would probably benefit from it with your pro controller because I bet the dead zones are like. 
or like any drift zones you actually have are probably so small on that bad boy. So if you turn that down, you could probably like half it right now and have a little bit faster reaction speed. That's the thing. See, when he said adjust your dead zones, I didn't even know you could do that. When so on top of that right there, so I haven't done anything with the dead zones or anything. I also didn't mess with my sensitivity. I'm playing pure default, baby. And I am like carrying almost every single game I'm playing. And so when I took Philip was, uh, I, I was going to say Philip said, but you're yeah, right here ahead. with me. But uh, you were like, <laughs> you were like, Nave, uh, tell me, you're like, you were, uh, what were you saying? You were like, tell well, me first how I was to like, get better. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, first I was like, Nave, uh, how are you doing so good? Because we had just played like Halo Master Chief Collection not even a year ago. And I feel like we were on the same level in, you know, Halo 3 when we were playing because we were doing like practice lone wolves with just like friends and i remember getting pretty close to the top and like you would too like we weren't like leagues apart in skill level but we are definitely leagues apart in skill level in this game and i'm like what happened to me am i bad at console shooters now like because i haven't played a console shooter since master chief collection so (laughs) i'm like man like something's wrong here well besides overcooked Oh, overcooked yeah our other shooter but so i was like what setting is your sensitivity on because i cannot seem to like get like snap to people's heads fast enough to you know pop them with the br so i'm like obviously nave has already fine-tuned his settings so he is in the uh, appropriate you know movement so he's able to muscle memory onto people's like noggins because i have like very personal sensitivity settings on halo 3 that i said yeah and you were like I'm on default. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I probably could benefit from the dead zones. I also probably could benefit from the sensitivity going up a little bit because I there are multiple times where I will just straight up potato aim and I will not. I will shoot all around someone's head. Like I'm like a third of a second behind each of their movements, and I'm just missing every shot. And then I'll die, and I'm like, I missed every shot. I can't believe that that happens to me multiple times where I'm like, I yeah, can't believe I've definitely potato it too. And I'm like, it's terrible. Then I yell at my cat. Did you see that? I missed every shot there, which there is there. I know there's definitely a couple of glitches already. We already talked about some pertaining to the, the challenges, but there's definitely a shield like animation glitch where don't look at me like that because you know what I'm about to say. Cause I've said it to you like a hundred times. Where, I know not a hundred times, maybe, maybe like 12 or 13 times where I'll be like shooting someone. So so when you lose all your shield, you go into like static electricity mode. It looks like you're fixing to go super saiyan, right? There's like yellow sparks flying off of you from every direction. Well, that means you don't have a shield anymore. Well, if you get headshotted by a precision weapon, you instantly die. Well, occasionally someone will have this like animation going on, on their, on their armor and you'll shoot them in the head. Not once, not twice, but three or four times. And they'll still be, totally alive and they will kill you back and you're just like i how that guy didn't have a shield he should have died like you in this game when you hit someone you get hit markers right and if yeah. you're once you start getting really precise you start getting good at hitting people in the head you know you're hitting them in the head like you you're aiming with the battle rifle it's a three-round burst you can kind of like press the trigger and then flick the analog stick a little bit so that you're making a horizontal dead space line, yeah, sweet. you know what i mean yeah. yeah, the sweeping. It's a it's a staple of SWAT. And so that's what you got to do in SWAT. But yeah, there's a lot of times where I will be like, that's questionable. That guy should have definitely died. At least if I was hitting him in the body, he still should have died if he had no arm, if he had no shield. 
because I hit him a bunch of times. Yeah, so you want to move on to final opinions for yeah. this early release beta? All right. Yeah, sure. So I'll go first. For this to be just like thrown up on Game Pass just out of nowhere, I am very impressed. I am super excited for the full release. This is still beta, I know, very early. And I hope they fix a lot of the problems we do have. We didn't list all the problems we did kind of like encounter. Like, for instance, the UI is very um, un unfriendly in the beginning. Like, we kind of figured it out now. Like, all the menus kind of make sense. But there is a lot of things that kind of are just awkward with it. So maps are good. UI is a little clunky. Things will definitely get smoothed out with the challenges, I hope, because there are glitches at this point. But I recommend everyone go out, download this, give it a shot. As far as me, one, the main thing I wanted to hit on is like, in my head, whenever this stuff was going to re- release, I had like this Punnett Square. You remember Punnett Square from elementary school? Yeah, it has the cat that's either dead or alive. No, it's a, it's the thing. It's like capital A, lowercase a, and then capital B, lowercase b. It's like a four square. It's like four four squares uh, touching each other. Oh, and you're then right. you just kind of combine them all. You know what I mean? As they go down. If if you want to think about it in Dungeons and Dragons terms, think of like the uh, chaotic neutral, you know, chaotic evil, chaotic good kind of thing. No, I got you, man. If it's like a big B and a little B, then it's half alive, half dead. If it's two little Bs, then it's definitely dead. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so I had this in my head where it's like the gameplay on one side and then the implementation on one side. And it's like gameplay good, gameplay bad, implementation good, implementation bad. You know, obviously you know good good is like perfect game i didn't think that was going to exist but i i figure gameplay good implementation bad which is where this game fell for me gameplay is fucking perfect it's exactly what i wanted honestly there's a little bit of kinks that can be worked out but they needed to nail the gameplay i didn't i didn't care so much for the implementation if the implementation was good and the gameplay was bad i felt like this game would be almost unsalvageable you know what Mm -hmm. i mean if the halo feel wasn't there there's no way i would even be able to stick around and so uh you know obviously bad bad is the worst case scenario but in my head that's how i was imagining this whenever I, the game was downloading which when i started the download i just sat there and watched the bar go across i haven't done that in so long like just sat there and watched the download bar so that i could play immediately the game is fucking fantastic it's free it's not even on game pass it's just free flat out so you can go on steam and play it windows store and xbox and it's super fun um the the sandbox is there the guns feel great the web uh the vehicles feel great it it's it's a dream come true now only now if only they could be like super snappy and super fast about updating stuff that would be the best but uh i feel like they've got a lot of shit to chew on just from this first couple of days nice you know one thing i didn't say there's like this is one of the few games i feel that i'm actually like craving to play like I wake up any, every morning before work and I play at least one match. I come home from lunch and I play it while I'm on lunch. I get home from work and I'm like, is there nothing going on in the house? No uh, no house chores need to be done? I'm going to play some Halo. You know, like like literally, uh, usually like 30 or 40 minutes before the pod, I go and I make sure all my equipment's working, everything's plugged in right. And then, you know, I usually like, work on the notes but this one you know 30 minutes before i go and make sure everything's working like five minutes before we got on the pod i you know ran back downstairs got back on the xbox i'm like nave you want to do one more match just one more before we play and you were like yeah heck yeah brother let's <laughs> yeah. do it 
I was like in the middle of a Yakuza fight. I was like, all right, let's hurry up. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to, if, to get to five. I, I was like, I don't know how long this match is going to last. Yeah, but this game is good. All right, Nave. Uh, we actually have some mailer feedback. That's Hell from yeah. last month that I didn't notice. Do you want to read this yep. one? No, you can. Okay. Yeah, you do the Twitter thing. Okay, this is titled Co-op and Cool, and then there's a um, uh, not really an emoji. Uh, what are those things emoticon? called? Emoticon. Yeah, know, it's Japanese like an emoticon. Thing. It's like a, a picture with symbols, and it looks like a um, a thing with a nose, and it's like holding a star. Yeah. Or maybe it's throwing a star. Okay, throwing a star is a lot cooler, and it's from Mad Mad Neko, which is a uh, very weeb sounding name. No offense if you're not a weeb and you just happen to be Japanese or something. So, from but what the are the United odds States of, of America? Yeah, from the United <laughs> States of America. So, uh, Matt Neko says, Two pals who compliment each other in wit- a witty, banter-filled way. And also video game. 10 out of 10 would listen again. Excellent review. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Matt Neko. Definitely got our good side. Yeah. And also video game. So uh, if you guys want to ever chat with us, uh, send us something. We got a Twitter. Um, we got a Facebook page. Uh, you can also email us directly if you don't want to social media. I know people are scared about the new, um, uh, what's that Gary's Mod Meverse thing going on? Yeah, Meta. That's it. The Nintendo Meverse thing. Uh, email us in at gamingtogetherpod at gmail.com. And you can have a direct line of communication with us. At this point in the notes, we said we would thank the guest, but he's already gone, so we can thank him again. That was Eric from the SideQuesting podcast. I thought you were going to make a joke about how we don't need to do that since he's not here. (laughs) I mean, he he did good. Yeah, he did good. You think he didn't do good? While he was talking, I was thinking it's going to be really easy for Philip to edit this because he doesn't stammer. He doesn't like have dead, (laughs) dead air ever like we do. Like We have to edit around me and Philip. Like We're getting a lot better we especially from the beginning but um like when we get our friends on here who they definitely don't know how to like they're not used to hear having themselves recorded we have to edit around that a lot pretty heavily and then when we get some of these people who are doing podcasts like doing them really well like eric is very fluent he's very good at speaking i don't know if he's taken classes or anything like that but if you listen to his podcast especially the one i was talking about the uh playstation show what nintendo does i think episode 31 of his um I really liked that episode and you can tell a lot of it's off the cuff and it's just him talking and he, so he can put his thoughts together really easily, like easier than I can. Obviously I kind of have to assemble a Lego house and hope it doesn't fall apart, you know, at, at hyperspeed. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. All right. So next week, are we going to finish Morrowind? I think so. Okay. You want we'll to wanna do a, another episode on Halo again next, next week? <laughs> no, we can't do another because we're going to do another one when the game actually comes out probably and then another one when the campaign comes out and then another one. <laughs> like I'm sure it it's going to happen. So hopefully we don't talk about Halo again for a while, but I'm sure every week we're going to come back and have Halo Corner at the beginning of each episode. All right. Yeah, I agree. Anything you want to say to our co-op partners before we call it? Um... Make sure to wear layers. It's cold mm-hmm. out there, guys. Well, this has been Gaming Together, and I want to thank you, co-op partners, for joining us. Maybe next time we can uh, crash a warthog into a pit, killing both of us. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Sounds great. Goodbye. Goodbye.